0: You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.
1: Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. Um, there's still some folks trying to find some seats, so if you are like on the outside, if you don't mind scooting in a few chairs, that would be helpful as people come in. Um, in just a moment. Uh, it's kind of a good habit to get into if you're in the second service is not to sit on the ends. Uh, it's a good habit to kind of go ahead and sit in the middle because this is a very crowded service. If you like a little bit more elbow room, the first and third service are for you. But I'm glad you're here and I'm excited about our Broken series, um, uh, broken Vessel series that we began uh, last week, if you missed it, uh, you can go online and you can catch up. We talked about shame and we talked about how to overcome shame. And uh, it's, it's through that overcoming of our shame in a biblical manner that we're able to embrace the, the man, uh, the woman that God has called each of us to be. And uh, so uh, today we're going to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about forgiveness. And so uh, we, we, we've all heard the statement, hurt people, hurt People. Raise your hand if you've heard that before. So, uh, Okay, so you, okay, good. So we've all kind of heard that statement. I remember as a kid, my dad saying that and not really having a clue what it meant and, and asking him one day, dad, what does that even mean? And he said, well, Trent, there are people in life who have been hurt by various people or by various things. And, and when those painful situations happen in their life, if they don't handle it, in a biblical way, if they don't handle it like Jesus wants them to handle it, then what they do is they end up hurting other people in their life. And so these are the people that will, will be malicious. These are the people that will do hurtful things to, to us. These are the people that you know, are, are overly critical, who are uh, overly um, just mean-spirited. And so you know, we, we, we have to know um, that when we are being hurt by somebody, uh, the reality is that person has been hurt and they haven't dealt with it. And so by saying that, it helps us to have a little bit of compassion towards people that are hurting us. But at the same time, each of us in this room have experienced pain. We've experienced like like a a broken situation or relationship. And when those painful things happen, the very last thing we want is to have compassion on somebody who is hurting us. Uh, But our scripture today, I think, is going to help us formulate this, this perception and this way of living that Jesus calls us to And I want to encourage you to embrace it today. The title of the sermon is Broken People Break Things. Because the reality is if hurt people hurt people, the reality is because of those broken pieces of your life, because of those broken things that have happened to you, you are deeply wounded, you are deeply hurt and offended. If you in fact are not dealing with that situation biblically, as Jesus would want you to, you most definitely are breaking things in your life today. You're breaking current relationships. You're breaking, if you're a parent, you're breaking the relationship between you and your parents and you don't even know it. You're hurting people around you and for some of us, we don't even realize the damage that we are doing around us. And so today's call and today's passage of scripture is so vital and so important because it affects our hearts toward other people. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want you to grab them and go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple of verses here in verses 31 and 32. And then we're going to go to Matthew 18. So you can go ahead and find both spots there and we're going to dive into it um, right now. Because at the end of the day, you know, I hope you realize and I hope this is you, like you don't want to break things. You don't want to break relationships. You don't want to continue to break, um, you know, other areas in your life so what do we do well in Ephesians chapter 4 we get a good head start here for where we're going so in verse 31 it says this let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice now, if you have this whole chapter in, in, in mind, you see that corrupting talk, you see that anger and living in a false manner is, is the context of this passage. And he sums up all of these ideas with, with saying, okay, we want, I, I want you to let go of this bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Put away all of this malice you know, evil intent towards people, uh, slander, malice, anger, wrath. Okay, so, so how do we do that? All of these qualities are qualities of someone who has anger in their life, who is, is a broken person, and they are acting out in their brokenness. So their behavior matches their heart. Broken heart, sin in their life, not dealing with it appropriately. And that's evidenced by the fact that they have anger, they have clamor, they are slanderous, and they are malice. They have an an evil intent in what they are doing. So how do we overcome that? Verse 32 says, to be kind to one another, tenderhearted. And here it is, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So how do we overcome wrath and anger? By forgiving one another. How, how are we able to be kind to people that are, are, are not giving us either compassion or tenderheartedness towards us? Well, we forgive them as Christ has forgiven us. And so the, the remedy for all of these, these qualities that we would look at and say, this is bad, man, this is brokenness, this does not lead well, it boils down to, okay, if we're gonna overcome it, it deals and in, in must be dealt with by forgiving those who have hurt us. So how in the world do we forgive? You know, how, how in the world? What's our motivation? How, how do we actually accomplish this in our life? Well, I want you to jump to Matthew chapter 18. We're gonna, we're gonna get there in, in, in just a moment. But when we think about forgiveness, when we think about the people that have hurt us, some of you are thinking right now, I knew I should have slept in. <laughs> I do not I want to talk about forgiveness. That dude hurt me. That woman broke my heart. I don't want to forgive her. Don't you dare tell me I need to forgive her. You don't know what he or she did to me. Well, I think our passage really speaks heavily to us today. In Matthew 18, if you missed part three of the, the last series that we did, that was two weeks ago, we talked about verses 15 to 20. So this is what we do when people sin against us. So, so how do we handle conflict? How do we deal with this? And, and, and so Jesus gives us an outline for how we express our, our grievances, how we express our offense to people. And if we don't do it in a biblical way, it causes even further damage. And after he says, this is how you deal with conflict, then Peter asked a really good question. It's a question you've probably thought about. It's a question I've thought about. And the answer that Jesus gives through this parable is gonna blow you away. And we'll answer it in several minutes today. But here we go, verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? (laughs) I love it, I love it. I, I think the same way. Like, okay, we're supposed to forgive. Here's how we're, here's how we're supposed to handle conflict and, and, and when people hurt us and wrong us, here's how we deal with it. Now, Jesus, how many times are we supposed to forgive that dude that, that does that? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing this guy's not repentant. He, he continues to hurt. He's not sorry for what, what he's done. So, I mean, I'll forgive him. What, what would you say, Jesus, like seven times, seven? I mean, that's certainly enough right like if he continues to do it after seven times then then he needs to like get beat up right there's a next level where we go you know we send people to his house and we like beat him up. seven times Jesus is that is that about right I mean I love that don't you because the reality is he reveals his understanding of forgiveness and if we were honest it really fleshes out kind of what we think about forgiveness and what we think is that forgiveness has limits Why does it have limits? Well, because essentially we think that forgiveness is about other people. Well, if I forgive him, then I'm letting him off the hook. And I'm not letting him off the hook. My God, I'm going to stay mad at him to the day I die. Why? Because he deserves my anger. He deserves it for what he did to me. So when we think through the lens of forgiveness in that we are letting people off the hook or we are, we are for, you know, forgiving and, and now they get away with it. You see, that's typically how we think. But forgiveness has nothing to do with letting them off the hook. It has everything to do with letting your own heart off the hook. Because if you are bitter and angry today for what has been done to you or against you, there's a big old hook stuck in your heart and it is, it is pulling you in, in the wrong direction every day of your life. Everything that you see in life, every response that you have in life runs through the filter of that hooked heart. And so when people say things, and it may be an innocent statement or whatever, but you interpret it as an offense against you. You are overly critical. You are full of anger, wrath rage slander and it's all through the filter of this heart that's been broken and you don't know what to do with it and you're breaking things all around you and Peter reveals how we typically think like like this is about them right Jesus but here's the reality forgiveness is a decision to cancel a debt if you want to write down a definition you just write that down today because that's really the the heartbeat of where we're at Forgiveness is a decision that you and I make to cancel a debt. Because when we are hurt, somebody has, has, has offended us, there is a debt that they owe us. They, they deserve to pay us something. If somebody slanders us, they have taken away our influence. Therefore, they owe us our influence back. They owe us an apology. If somebody has abused you, You might say that they took your dignity away. They owe your dignity back to you. You might say that somebody betrayed me. And so you would say that they betrayed me. They took my trust in people away. Maybe your parents got a divorce at a young age and your dad wasn't around. And so your childhood wasn't really like your friend's childhood. And so you would look to your dad or, or, or maybe both parents or whatever, and you would say, you took my childhood away from me. I'm, I'm angry that you made this decision. You owe me time back. You owe me childhood. You see, when a debt is incurred upon our life, somebody hurts us, we get angry. We are angry at them, and we want them to pay it back. You lied to me. You owe me an apology. You abused me. You took my virginity away, and I did not consent to that. You owe me my virginity. You weren't in my life when I was a child. You owe my childhood back. And so, when we say these things, what we are in fact admitting is that we want to get even with somebody. We, we, we don't want to admit that, but, but we want to get even with them because they took something from us and for justice to prevail, some type of transaction has to be made here for me to feel good again. For, to, for me to feel like justice has been served, you owe me an apology, you owe me money, you owe me time, you owe me something for me to be able to move on with my life. You see, anger is, is one of the biggest reasons why you're not forgiving somebody today and when we become angry and we don't get what we think we deserve, something's been taken from us as a result of that anger, then, then we live our life out of that anger. The root of anger is the perception that something has been taken. Maybe it was taken, maybe it's reality and they did take something. But a lot of times it's a perceived notion in our mind that we think somebody took something from us. And so that perception of of, of what may or may not be true, but our perception becomes our reality. And And when we are perceiving that they took something from us, then anger is the immediate response. And so we've got to deal with it today. Most of the time we think the remedy for anger is payback. I'm gonna get him back, you know, revenge. That's why we love movies that, that are revengeful, you know. When the, when, the, when the topic is revenge, that's why Gladiator is an amazing movie. You took something from my, my homeboy, now he's about to take you all out and I like it, you know. There is something very deep seated in our bones that love it when the guy that was wronged goes back And just kills everybody. I don't know. It's like, so I don't understand why we're like that. But I mean, Braveheart was that. I mean, every major movie. Remember Young Guns? Like, reap it, Murphy. You know, and he shoots him. It's It's like, yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Why are we evil like that? Well, sin is in our life. And here's the other thing. It reveals in us the fact that we've been offended, we've been hurt by people, and we think that revenge and payback is the best way to feel good and resolve the situation. But Matthew 18, Jesus is about to rock our world. Because here's the idea. If you think somebody owes you something, maybe it was a dad, maybe it was a past relationship 10 years ago. But if that hasn't been dealt with, what begins to happen in your own mind and your own heart is that now you begin to realize or begin to think that everybody around you owes you something. So that's why we have entitlement issues as a part of our culture now. And every one of us in here deals with an entitlement issue. We feel like we deserve this and we deserve that because we expect people to do things for us and to to treat us a certain way. And that really can stem from an anger issue in our own life where we haven't forgiven somebody because now we view everybody as the enemy. I'm always the victim and everybody owes me something. So the question for you today before we dive into how Jesus answers Peter is how long? How much longer do you wanna live your life like that? How much longer do you wanna live your life in such a way that you are continually angry and bitter towards that person that hurt you? For some of you, it may be God. you're bitter and angry at God for allowing something to happen. How, how much longer are you going to allow, how about this one? You're gonna allow somebody that hurt you maybe five, 10 years ago who you don't even like. You don't even like them and they're still causing you pain today. For some people, they're no longer even alive and they're still causing you pain because you won't let this offense go. People that, by the way, aren't thinking about you today, they're not le- losing any sleep over this issue. They're not sweating it, man. They have slept really well last night. So at the end of the day, how long, how much longer are you gonna allow them to ruin your life? And when are you gonna step up with, with courage and say, all right, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna go your path, I'm gonna go your way, and I'm gonna allow your truth to saturate my heart and I wanna live free from anger and live in forgiveness well let's pick it up here we go here's how Jesus responds verse 22 Jesus said to him I do not say to you seven times but 70 times seven <laughs> it doesn't you don't have to be a mathematician to get it today okay you know some of you are like oh my gosh I can't figure that one out like his point is that you always forgive No matter how many times the offense takes place. Verse 23, he tells a story to explain the point. So this is the parable Jesus says. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, 10,000 talents was more money than a servant would ever make in his entire life. So this is a debt that he is, has incurred that he is, it is physically impossible for him to repay. Keep that in mind. Verse 25, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the king had every right to sell the servant and his entire family take that money to go against the debt. And in the ancient cultural laws, that was totally legal. He had every right to do that. So verse 26, so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, in other words, in begging him, he's pleading for mercy here. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. (laughs) Now, remember, this is an amount of money that he would have never been able to make in his entire lifetime. And he is here saying something that is completely insane. I promise, I promise, I will pay you back. There's no way he could have done it. Verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Now, if you've got your Bibles, this is a great phrase to underline, circle, put an asterisk beside, go back to this and pray through this because he did two things here. He released him and secondly, he forgave him. So the two things kind of go hand in hand, but at the same time, there is a releasing of the debt, there's a releasing of the sin, there's a releasing of the offense, and then there's also forgiveness that has taken place in his heart. Now, verse 28. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. So the guy that just was forgiven, all right, man, your debt's cleared. He's like, woo! All right, thank you. All right. Goes out in the street. He finds one of his buddies that owes him essentially a day's wages. That's about how much money that would have been. So that was, that, that's a very low amount of money that his buddy could have paid him back. He could have, you know, come up with that amount of money and paid him back. But here's what he does. He seizes him. He began to choke him. <laughs> Chokes him out. Choke hold. Saying, pay what you owe. Verse 29. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him. The very same thing he was doing not long ago. He was pleading with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Verse 30, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. So also according to ancient law at this time, if somebody owed you a debt and they did not pay you, then he could go to jail until his family made enough money to pay off the debt, then he would be released from jail. So this guy sends him to jail until the debt would be paid off. Verse 31, When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They were mad. And they went and they reported to their master all that had taken place. Verse 32, Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? That's a good question. I forgave you all of that All of that money, you would have never been able to repay all of that. You pleaded with me and I forgave you. Shouldn't you have have, have learned something from that and then been willing to forgive somebody that has offended and hurt you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So this guy was now thrown in jail. So also... Here's the kicker, verse 35. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. From your heart. From your heart. Now, okay, little little insert here. Like when, when my kid, my kids are seventh grade and, and all the way down to first grade, I've got four of them. And so when I when they hurt each other, offend each other, whatever, and I ask them to, to apologize, you know how that deal usually works? Sorry! No, I want you to mean it. Sorry! You know, you know when it's from the heart and when it's not. So here's the point. It's like, okay, I want you to forgive from right here. Release the hook, you know, and forgive with your heart. So his ability to pay this debt was far beyond his scope. So here's the point of this story. The king is God. God, and and, and the first servant those of us who have had our debt of sin completely forgiven so if you've accepted Christ into your life all of your sins have been forgiven you've committed your life to Jesus you represent the first servant now the second servant represents anybody that has ever hurt you anybody that has ever left you anybody that has ever abandoned you anybody that has ever embarrassed you anybody that has ever rejected you that's the second servant and so the point Jesus is trying to make here is that God forgave us a debt that we could never pay back. Because of our sin, there's not a life that we could have lived that would have earned our salvation. There's not a, any amount of money that would have enabled us to give to him to allow us to have heaven. Nothing could be done on our own part to receive forgiveness, and to receive heaven. He simply, through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, offers us that forgiveness. And because he has been so generous in his grace to forgive us of this debt, he says you too should be willing to forgive a brother or sister that sins against you. So when Jesus is telling the story and he's saying, shouldn't you have forgiven him and shown him the same amount of mercy that you received obviously the answer to the question is yeah everybody listening to the story would have been like, oh yeah yeah you gotta forgive obviously you know but when it comes to matters of the heart and our own pain and our own suffering it's so very difficult now verse 35 when he says this is how my heavenly father is going to treat you if you don't forgive your brother from your heart Like, I don't really know, I'll just be honest, exactly what that means for you and for me if we don't forgive. All I know is, bro, it ain't good. (laughs) It is not a good thing. And so for us, we wanna wrap our minds around our anger today. We wanna wrap our minds around why we're angry and we wanna begin to forgive people, not for their own benefit, because, I mean, I get it, they don't deserve it. You get that, right? They don't deserve it. They they deserve what's coming to them, right? But forgiveness isn't about them. Forgiveness is about your heart and your stance before God. The point is, if you're holding on to bitterness and if you're waiting to be paid back for those wrongs, you are the one who pays. Let that sink in today. Guys, can you put that on the screen for me? Like, here's the main idea today if you demand payment you are the one that pays so what do you mean by that well I mean if if you're demanding payment if you're demanding that this person apologizes if you're demanding that they pay you something if you're demanding that they come and sob and and you know cry out in sackcloth and ashes and talk about how evil and, and, and a horrible person they are If you're demanding all of this from them, you you see that they owe you something and they've gotta come and they've gotta pay. If you're the one that's demanding that payment, I'm telling you, you're the one that's gonna pay. You're paying by living a life filled with bitterness, anger, and rage. You're the one who out of that bitterness, anger, and rage are breaking other relationships. You're critical of others. You're slandering others. You're not happy Nothing is ever good enough for you. You always feel like people are talking bad about you. You always have drama in your life. Do you always wanna live that way? Or does Christ have something better for you? Obviously, I think that he does. Ephesians 4, he says, forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. Your anger towards this person is not gonna make them suffer. <laughs> Chances are they're not even thinking about you. Your bitterness doesn't cause them to lose sleep. You can stay angry your entire life and that person is not going to care one single bit. So it's not about them. This is about your heart and your stance before God. And as a little caveat here, you may wanna write this verse down. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. God says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, For that little piece of our heart that wants people to get paid back, like here's here's the glory for you right now. It's God who will do that work. And God will do it in his way, in his time, and how he sees fit. It's not for you to carry that around and to feel like you have to inflict that upon other people. God will take care of that situation so we stay focused on our heart and making our heart right with God. So let's talk about some practical things here. How can we learn to forgive? How can we begin to forgive even today? If you're taking notes, number one, you want to identify the people with whom you are angry. So who are you angry at? And you begin to make a list. Think about that for a second. Who are you angry with? Maybe it is with your dad because you saw all the other, all your other friends were getting hugged and, and they were getting kisses from their dad and they were he was showing up at the ball game and he was tucking him in at night and your dad wasn't around. Your dad wasn't doing those things. He wasn't saying those things and so you're ticked off with your dad because he didn't show you love and he should have been showing you love. And so you're gonna write his name down because you're angry with him. Maybe it's an ex-husband that left you and he didn't fulfill his vows, you know. He, he left you and when he left you, he left you with the kids and that meant you had to go back to school and you had to learn how to support yourself and your kids and your entire life was, was changed and it's been a hard, hard road for you. You're going to write his name down. Maybe it was your ex-wife. Maybe it was an ex-boyfriend. An ex-boyfriend that, that forced you into doing something sexually that you did not want to do. And man, you want to repay him back. And and that verse you just memorized, Romans 12, 19, by the way. (laughs) You just memorized it because you want God's wrath to fall on that dude. And I get it. I get it. People do some really heinous, heinous sins against us. But if we're going to become the men and the women that God is calling us to be, we've got to release that anger We've gotta release the tension in our lives so that we aren't breaking those relationships in our life and so that we can become the man and the woman that God is calling us to become. So we're gonna identify the people with whom we're angry. Who are you angry with? you angry with your dad? You're angry with your brother, your sister? You're angry with the next girlfriend? You're angry with the clown that scared you when you were five at Walmart? I don't know, who is it? You just gotta write their name down. You wanna identify these people. Um, old flashback here to a movie, you may or may not have seen. a Very sophisticated movie, by the way, by Adam Sandler. <laughs> it's called Billy Madison. Remember that movie? So Adam Sandler's character, he realizes that he's been a jerk his whole life. So he started calling people and asking for forgiveness. And so he calls this one guy and he says, hey man, yeah, I know back in grade school, I used to make fun of you. I gave you a hard time. And I just wanted to say, you know, I apologize. And the guy on the other phone uh, on the line, he's like, yeah, problem. I forgive you. And he hangs up. And then he walks over to this wall where he has this list. And the title of the list is, remember what it says? People I want to kill. (laughs) And on that list, he has several names. And one of them was Billy Madison. He took his marker and he crossed out Billy Madison's name. So like, I'm not calling you to go home and make a list like that, okay? (laughs) Especially with that title. (laughs) But maybe the title of the list is people who I'm angry with. And you make that list and you write that down and you begin to identify who these people are. And some of you are like, I knew I shouldn't have come today. I don't wanna think about that person. I've spent 20 years trying to forget who that dude is, trying to forget this pain, Trent. But here's the deal. If you've not dealt with it biblically, if you've not dealt with it as Jesus is calling us to deal with it today, then, then you haven't forgotten anything. And by the way, forgive and forget is a bunch of bull. Nobody is saying, forgive and then you forget because there are some things that you're never going to forget but forgiveness is an entirely different concept here so we identify the people that have hurt us secondly we determine what they owe us so if it's the dad that that wasn't around when we were a kid he owes us love he owes us a relationship he didn't give it to us if it's an ex-husband he owes us an apology she owes us an apology if it's an ex-wife. It's, if, it, if it's this, this, this past relationship, you're, you're identifying what they owe, you. they owe you. They owe you virginity. They owe you your dignity. They owe you a reputation. They took your influence away when they lied about you. What are these things? And when you begin to identify the people that have hurt you, you begin to identify what they owe you, you realize, first of all, here's what you realize, they're never going to be able to give that back to you so your in fact desire is for them to do something that it is physically impossible for them to do how are you ever going to live your life in peace with that hanging over you we identify who these people are we determine what they owe us and then thirdly we do what Jesus did and we cancel the debt we cancel the debt you see, that's what we're doing when we forgive. We are canceling the debt, just like the king in the parable, he cancels the debt. You say, I don't feel like canceling the debt, Trent. I feel like smacking him. <laughs> I feel like taking a crowbar to his head. No, I, you know, I, 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 I get that, but here's the deal. Forgiveness is not about a feeling. It's a decision that we make. So if you're waiting around, waiting for the warm, fuzzy feelings to come over you and the Holy Spirit just to sing, tingles up your back, back of your neck and you're gonna go, woohoo! okay, I'm ready now. Let's forgive. Praise Jesus. That's not gonna happen. You're never gonna feel like it. Matter of fact, you're never gonna feel anything that Jesus calls you to do, by the way. You do it out of obedience. And as you live in obedience to his command and his call, then the feelings follow. So you're never going to truly experience forgiveness until you make a decision to forgive. You cancel the debt. When you do this, it doesn't settle all the questions. It doesn't answer all the questions of fairness and and all of that stuff. I'm not saying that all, all of that stuff goes away but the process does begin and it does allow you to move on. It does allow a relationship maybe to start over. It does allow you to deal with your current spouse in a healthy manner. It does allow you to become a better parent. It does allow you to become a better follower of Jesus as you release and cancel the debt. So maybe you're gonna make the list of all these people, right? and you're gonna write beside them what they owe you, and then you can take that list, you can dig a big hole in your backyard and bury that and cover it up and invite your small group over. You can hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and you can have a party, you know? I don't care what that looks like for you. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not burying anything because I know myself, Trent. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll go dig it up and I'll I'll, I'll become bitter again and I'll just think about everything again. So maybe you're just gonna light it on fire. And that's kind of your ceremony of saying, I release you. I am canceling the debt that you owe me. And when you do, you're embracing the call that God has given to us. You're walking in obedience. And the freedom of that bondage begins to break. And when that hard shell around your heart begins to break, you finally realize how you have been living your life under that bondage and under that heavy burden and, and now, now that I've forgiven, now I see things differently, and I, I do feel differently, and, and now there, there is joy in my life, because I'm overcoming the accusations of the enemy that keeps me in bondage and that, that keeps me thinking critically and negative about myself. Forgiveness is a decision. God's not asking you to forgive because they deserve it. You get that, right? God's asking us to forgive because we have been forgiven. I've had to forgive many people in my life, just like you have. Some have been easier and some are, some are harder. In the last month, I've had to deal with forgiveness with a, a friend that continues to hurt me. And it's like, am I gonna live with anger? Am I gonna release it? And I come to this and I say, I'm gonna release it. Forgive him, forgive her. Am I gonna allow their actions to dictate my future and the call that God has given to me. And I'm asking you and challenging you to do the same thing today. And as we kind of prepare our hearts to kind of wrap this up today and, my, my, and, and how I'm gonna challenge you in just a minute, I want you to take a look at someone in our church, Tina Boyett, who has dealt with some, some pain herself and how God has, has brought her through this and maybe you can identify a little bit with her story. Guys, Go ahead.
0: At the age of 20, I found my life in a spiraling downhill of sin. God had given me over to a depraved mind and I found myself in a sexually immoral relationship and in the midst of an abortion. That day forever changed my life and the collateral damage was high. Feelings of guilt and shame embarrassment paralyzed by um just feelings of abandonment i was totally lost in such a broken broken vessel about eight years after my abortion during a messy divorce and horrible custody battle i came to know jesus christ as my lord and savior and i truly got it um what it was like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ but at that point then I just traded lies because then I believed the accuser again in thinking that God could not forgive that sin I lived in bondage for 30 years believing the accuser that I could not be forgiven every time that right to life was talked about or they brought up the subject of abortion, I would squinch so hard that I was literally afraid that when I got up, I would have left an imprint and that everybody would know that I had had an abortion and my secret would be out. I became involved in a women's small group Bible study here at FC, the Holy Spirit. Totally overcame me that night and he said it's time it is so time for you to be released from your bondage and I'm going to be with you every single step of the way I truly understood that I had a debt to pay that I could not pay but that Jesus Christ could, and that His blood is enough. But I also have found forgiveness in my ex-husband involved in my abortion. It was a decision that I had to make for forgiveness. If I wanted to be released from bondage, it was a decision that was just part of my healing and part of being released. I have realized that we all have pain, and secret sin in our lives that when not dealt with just doesn't go away. We become more in bondage and it affects our relationships every single day of our lives. I have realized that it's with our ashes and in the trenches of our life that the Holy Spirit will create absolutely beautiful, God-redeeming stories. So now I can just give God all the glory and the honor and the praise. And today, I do not have a chokehold anymore from Satan. I can speak truths boldly for Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. Well, story. So the reality is there's somebody that hurt you that you need to forgive. And maybe that person is yourself. No matter what it is, the anger, the bitterness, all leads to bondage in your own life. How much longer are you going to live that way? I mean, that's not true living at all. There's no freedom in that. But there is freedom found when I look at the cross and I realize that Jesus hung on the cross to pay for my sins and to forgive me when I did not deserve it. And because of that, I can have a relationship with him. And so here's the deal. You don't focus on who hurt you. Rather, you focus on the one who paid such a high price for you. Because my my summary thought as we wrap up today is this. We don't forgive people because they deserve it. We forgive people because we have been forgiven. As Christ has forgiven us, we forgive others. Not for their benefit, we do it for our own benefit. Like like for our own hearts, we don't wanna live and walk in bondage any longer. We don't wanna break other things in our life. We wanna restore this brokenness and let the Holy Spirit change us and mend that broken heart and live our life in truth and in peace. And so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do today. If you guys will put that prayer up on the screen we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna ask you to come forward today as the band sings a song over us and just here at the altar pray this simple prayer the simple prayer is this Lord they owe me but it wasn't any more than I owed you and you're willing to cancel my debt so I cancel their debt I forgive, fill in the blank, for taking whatever they took from you. Very simple prayer. Again, a short prayer. But there's healing in this prayer. There's a realization that, yeah, they owe you. It wasn't fair. It hurt you. But it wasn't any more than you owed God yourself for your sin. And because of that, God... God is is willing to forgive us, and because of that, we're going to say we canceled their debt, and so we're going to forgive whoever it is for taking whatever it was they took from you. And so I'm going to pray, and I realize that even in this room, to talk about forgiveness for some of you is like, there's no way, man, I can do this. And the reason some of you would say that is because you've never experienced the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in your life. You've never given him your life. You've never confessed your sin to him. You've never allowed him to take control of your life. So for some of you today, the the, the end of today is is you saying yes to Jesus. And so before you leave today, I wanna encourage you to, as you walk out these back doors to the left, there's a room called the prayer and care room. We've got counselors there that would love to walk you through that decision. That That is guaranteed the number one step for you to ever understand forgiveness. But secondly, those of you in the room that are carrying that bondage, that are carrying that unforgiveness, that anger towards someone, this prayer is for us. So after I pray, I want to encourage you guys just to kind of sit and kind of listen to this song, and I want to ask those that need to say this and need to deal with some stuff to just come forward right here at the altar and give this prayer to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for canceling the debt in our own life. We did not deserve it. It was your grace that gave us this forgiveness. And so, Lord, we ask that you would, in fact, give us the courage and the obedience to forgive those who have hurt us today. There's things that we've been carrying, things that we've been listening to the enemy that continues to accuse us, that continues to cause us to have a terrible self-esteem. It causes us to isolate ourselves from relationship. The list goes on and on, Lord, but we're sick of it. We're tired of it. And it's time to release this to you. And so in this moment, God, we pray for your presence to fall down. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.